Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast, brought to you by Flowpath. I'm your host, Griffin Hamilton. This is the show where I interview industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights into modern day facilities management. From hospitality to commercial real estate and everything in between, we'll learn what it really takes to succeed as a facilities manager. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Today, I am pleased to have join Johnny Hallman. Johnny, how you doing, man? Doing great today. Great, great to be with you, Griffin. Well, I, I know we've had a lot of conversations. We've had the pleasure of meeting in person at one of the uh, IFMA events here over the last few months, and I've had the pleasure of staying in contact with you. But for those of you who haven't seen you wandering around these events and shaking hands with everybody, why don't you tell the audience who you are? Okay. Thank you, sir. Uh, my name is Johnny Hallman. I am the former facility manager of Jacksonville Transportation Authority uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. I had the privilege of leading a team for five years in facilities management, uh, and I actually worked there the two years prior to that, being trained to take over for FM. Uh, And after an extensive career with project management and operations management. So uh, as I was there, um, I had 26 different facilities. I had over $200 million worth of assets that I was responsible for. Uh, I also uh, was responsible for our new building, which you can go online and see. It is a gorgeous edifice in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, if If you'll Google JRTC, which stands for Jacksonville Regional Transportation Center, It is a combination transportation hub as well as an operations building, operations and administration building. Five-story edifice, uh, crescent-shaped, beautiful, beautiful uh, facility, which is an addition to the uh, Jacksonville skyline. And as well as that, it... um, it includes the uh, our train, our tram, which is an elevated skyway that actually runs into the building that you can see there. So uh, I uh, I inherited that. Uh, interestingly enough, in March of 2020, and we all know what occurred during that time. And so it was a uh, it was a yeah. <laughs> fun and an interesting exercise. I had uh, brought all of the all of the families in there, the different departments, seven different ones, over a period of eight weeks, brought them in in stages, uh, only to tell them two weeks after the final one moved in that, hey guys, I was just kidding, time to go home and let's work from there because this new COVID (laughs) thing is a concern (laughs) to us. So uh, as many facility managers out there uh, did, I was... uh, moving, shaking, bobbing and weaving, trying to uh, manipulate this new occurrence. And so uh, we were able to get through that uh, naturally and, uh, and learned a lot from it. And that's, that's what I've experienced in my career, Griffin, is that every opportunity out there is a learning opportunity. And I'm not just saying that as a cliche. Literally, it is because I was able to experience something that most facility managers had not experienced prior to that time. And so we were able to bring out our coop 
and our our our, um, our operations plan for continuing operations, and we were able to look at that and revise that with all of the different departments. And not only that, but we were able to actually get some attention in the C-suite, which is so vital to the facility programs that we have out there. You've got to be recognized and you've got to be noticed. And in many cases, we're the unsung heroes. We're those guys that, yeah, we know you exist, but hey, um, are you really doing anything for the bottom line? And then all of a sudden, this thing hit and we were at the forefront because the C-suite folks, the VPs, uh, the SVPs, the CEO, they, CFO, they were all wanting to know, well, what are you doing to protect our environment? Um, I was on several panel discussions during that time in, in the upcoming months, over the next six, seven months through the state of Florida here. And one of the questions was, what have you been doing with your free time since uh, C-19 hit and all of your facilities have closed down? And I had to, frankly, recuse myself from from answering that because I never had free time. We're a 24-7 operation. We never stop. We're public transit. People need these services each and every day. They've got to get to their doctor's appointments. They've got to get to school, college, wherever it is they may be going to their job. And we never shut down. So we continued to operate during this. Now, did we change our mode of operation? Well, you better believe it. Okay, so we shifted 180 and I had tremendous partners out there uh, that were helping me that are my service providers that help me move forward with this operation. And were it not for them, and I'll just give a shout out to all of the service providers for facility managers, if it were not for them, which includes, by the way, folks like you and your organization, we couldn't operate effectively. And so I want to just say thank you to them for helping us move forward through these difficult times. Um, so we, we, we went through that. We made it through that. And then as we're moving forward, now we've got all of a sudden this new normal out there, okay? Sanitizing and, um, and uh, sanitizing operations. And keep in mind now, I also had 2,600 bus stops in the city of Jacksonville, Florida, which is about a million people. And the charge came down to me several weeks after COVID hit. Well, we want you to make sure all these touch points on these bus stops are sanitized. So we, we quickly moved into action and we started a process and we got a program in place. So we started sanitizing touch points on them uh, vigorously in order to help the public of the area of Jacksonville, Florida know that they were safe and we were concerned about their well-being. So that was kind of what that looked like. And uh, I got to tell you, it was, uh, it was quite the experience going through that. Um, so let me go ahead and branch off because most everybody has lived that process in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Let me branch off into a little bit, if I can, Griffin, into what we're doing at the Florida Facility Summit which is taking place the first week of August yeah, absolutely. 2022. 
we have all facility managers that are going to be presenting at that event. Uh, I've been asked to present on project management with respect especially to scope development. And some of the things I'm going to be discussing at that, at, at, during my presentation are uh, the need for scope development and a good solid scope development there. Um, frankly, uh, you know, we begin projects many times and as facility managers, we can get frustrated when the procurement department does not give us, uh, if I may, what we want or what we need. But then at the end of the day, we've got to look in the mirror and we've got to say, hey, did we give them specificity on what we needed? Did we give them clear direction on what we needed in order to meet the level of service that we have to have to operate? So uh, I begin, frankly, discussing the different types of scopes of work. Is it going to be um, more prescriptive or is, is it going to be more program related? What are we going to do here? Are we going to prescribe each individual detail of it, or are we just going to give them what the answer is? Here's what we want. I want a shed uh, uh, for storage, and then let them go with that. And so I discussed that at the onset, and then, uh, and then next, moving into scheduling. Scheduling is huge. And if you, don't, if you don't have a solid understanding of scheduling programs and scheduling projects, then you can't effectively put it together. So I'll move into that. I'll discuss some scheduling uh, keys there and some of the things that we have to have in order to have a successful project at the end of it. Um, the, the, uh, the, title, the title of my uh, presentation is uh, are you known in the C-suite as a department that gets projects um, completed in a good way? Because you can be known in a bad way yeah. of getting projects completed. And we don't want that. As a facilities director or facilities <laughs> manager, we want to be known in a positive light. So let's make sure that the C-suite folks understand that, hey, you're a group that gets things done in a positive manner with the bottom line being considered. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to get the attention and the support mm -hmm. of your CFO, you've got to do things prudently, effectively, and, a, and in a cost-saving manner. So, so that's that's some of the elements that we're going to be. Yeah, dealing. I, I think. And, and sorry to sorry to interrupt, Johnny. Sure. I, I, I was going to say on that, it kind of ties back into to what you mentioned earlier, as far as like the notoriety of the facilities organization in general, right? Like prior to COVID, a lot of people were looking at facilities as just a cost center. But you're saying from not only the impact of COVID, but just in projects in general, you could frame it, you should be framing it as getting it done with that bottom line in mind. That being one of the main focus areas and you know, showing the C-suite what exactly you're doing day in and out and how you are doing these projects effectively. Yeah, without, without a doubt, Griffin. And what we've got to be able to better demonstrate is 
What is our value to the organization? How are we contributing positively to the organization? Are we, are we actually, at the end of the day, saving you money? And, you know, that's what we've got to show them. And, by the way, if you can't put it in print, it doesn't happen. Uh, I've been in government organizations for over 28 years. And let me tell you what, if, it, if you can't put it in print in a manner that folks can understand and they can distribute it, they've got to be able to show it to the board. If the board, if the board doesn't see it in print, it didn't happen. And so the, the C-suite group has to be able to demonstrate to the board that, you know what, the facilities group is doing their part to save us money and to be concerned about our bottom line. And so along with that, you've got to factor in the health, the well-being of not only your employees, but also of your customers. And let's face it, in this area, my customers included the entire populace of Duval County. Why? That was because every one of them saw our bus stops. They saw our facilities. They saw what we were doing. Many of them partook of what we were doing. And as a result of that, they demonstrated and provided us with feedback. Are you satisfied with it? Are we doing a good job? We had annual customer surveys and we took those very, very seriously as, as we were demonstrating to the public and to our employees what was taking place. So that's a huge part of it. Um, and then, and then along, along the lines of the, the project development, then uh, what, what, does your, what is your closeout? What does your closeout look for? And I've got some entertaining things there in my presentation that I'll hold until that first week of August that demonstrate and discuss what our closeout. What a tease. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. What it, what it looks like, you know. And until you've closed out that project, first of all, you don't really know what that project's cost is. You don't know the complete cost of that project till you closed it out and you've paid every invoice. The other thing is, until you have a satisfied customer, which are those that are experiencing whatever it is you've delivered, it could be your mechanics in your light industrial facility that actually, and I'm, in my case, worked on buses and had all the facilities and the equipment to do so, or it could be the administrative folks that, work, that worked in different areas and dealt with the climate control and the infusion of natural light and, and um, uh, uh, as well as uh, other things. Until you've got a satisfied customer, you can't consider that project closed out. You've got to stay with it, and you've got to ensure that they end up with what they're expecting at the end of the day. So I'll be looking at all those things, and then uh, the panel discussion I'm on there during that uh, August is regarding finances, more specifically your budgeting, and how important is it that your budgeting concepts are solid and that you know how to properly budget for the upcoming year and not just the upcoming year but if you're looking at a capex you need to be looking at five to ten years out which also can include that cmms which is so vital to you being able to accurately forecast that and 
Griffin, if you're willing to, I'll let you take it from there and share a few things of how the CMMS can actually help you forecast that CapEx budget moving forward. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's a great point to make there where it is all about data and it is all about looking ahead. And I think that's been one of the main themes of this show, right? Is not only best practices while you're in the weeds, but how do you become a better facilities manager and go from what today has in front of you to next week, next month, next year, five years out. And it's all about data. Like how are you using that data and having the proper tools in place to capture where you're spending your time, your labor, your resources, um, the actual budget on repairing or replacing different equipment. And the more data you have and the cleaner data you have, I think that is going to just set your, yourself up for success as you can look ahead. And it's not just, oh, I've got a gut feeling on X, Y, and Z coming up. It's, all right, here is the data. Here's what the story is telling me. And I mean, to your point, and that's that's something where, you know, we at Flowpath really drill into, um, but I think that ties into the larger conversation with what you're referring to of making sure that you've set the, the foundation, set expectations from the get-go on, from a project standpoint, what you're trying to accomplish, what success looks like to the proper stakeholders, and finally closing it out with proper you know, execution of that and ensuring that happy customer there. And so I think that is just a major tool uh, that you need to have in place to, from start to finish, make sure that you're doing things from a project standpoint in the right manner. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, and as you just stated, it is vital to have accurate data. Um, I can't tell you the number of times that our CEO uh, mentioned the fact that big data accurate data is so vital to our business solutions moving forward. And it, you've got to have it. And if you do not have a solid CMMS, then you're not going to have that information you need. And I, I would encourage anyone that hears this, that if you do not have a solid CMMS, then you need to pursue one today. You don't need to wait, you need to pursue it now because it is so vital to your business continuity. Absolutely. Um, and, and Johnny, I appreciate the, the context here and in, uh, enlightening us on best practices at a high level from uh, a project management perspective. But you said you're gonna dive into a lot more depth here uh, presenting here over the next couple of months. Where, could you remind me, remind the audience where that event is and what it is and where they could find it? Yes, um, if, they'll, if they'll Google Florida Facilities Summit 2022, it is gonna be at the Rosen Hospitality Facility in Orlando. It's going to be the first week of August. Um, I believe the dates are August 3rd through the 5th. And, um, we are asking for facility managers to latch on to this because it is something that, to our knowledge, has not been done before. This is a collaborative effect, uh, a collaborative project from all of the Florida chapters, all four, all four Florida IFMA chapters coming together with just facility managers 
presenting the classes. Now there'll be there'll be other individuals that will be there that will be sharing um, that are support to facility managers, and we have some 28, I believe it is, uh, different demonstrations and different. Uh, support personnel that'll be there and then we'll have other vendors that'll be helping us and helping us to showcase their wares so that we know who out there is available to help us achieve success as facility managers. So I would encourage anyone and everyone that can attend that, please log on today to Florida Facility Summit 2022 and go in there, go ahead and sign up for it, and plan to spend uh, a few days in August down in beautiful Orlando, Florida with us. Yeah, and I'll, I'll certainly have the link to that website and more details on the event uh, in the show notes. So for those listening, and uh, hopefully it's before August that folks are catching this and they're not catching up here, uh, but certainly check that out. And I can assure you, you won't be disappointed here and Johnny talking a lot more depth on what we've covered here today. Uh, but Johnny, one last question before I let you run. Who or what has had the biggest influence on you and your career? It's a question I ask everybody, so mm -hmm. you can't get out of this. Uh, but who or what has had the biggest impact on your career? Well, I, I, all I can do, Griffin, is answer it honestly. And the biggest influence on my career has been several individuals who spoke truth and honesty to me. And I'll say this, um, many times uh, we need to hear that. Now, can I, can I uh, be honest and transparent and say that a couple of times that was very painful to me? At the, at the time of the deliverance of that message. But that's okay, because I've learned from that. And we need to hear those uh, lessons where, whereby that we're being instructed from individuals who have been there before us, they understand what we don't understand, and they have the opportunity and have taken the time. And don't let me, don't let me um, misunderstand that because they've taken their time to help educate and bring along others. And if there's one thing that I've told others that I want to do at this stage in my life and my career, it's to help others to know what I've learned and to help bring them on to a place of accomplishment and success. I love that. And that's that's something else that is important too, where it's not every negative bit of feedback is, is gonna be bad. Just if, if you have a positive takeaway and you take it as, you know, constructive criticism, I mean that's gonna take you a long way. And it's it's cool just to see you resonate that resonates with you and you reflect on uh, sometimes that that has actually occurred for you and obviously made a big impact on your career there. But uh, love hearing that. And again, Johnny, that was the last question I have for you. It's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and educate the folks on uh, who you are and your area of expertise. And I am certainly looking forward to seeing you here in the near future. Excellent. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Griffin. I certainly do appreciate it. All right. Take care, Johnny. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and follow us on LinkedIn for more facilities management content.